You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. Welcome back to Roll for Initiative. We're sitting here doing Volume 5 once again. track for their record purposes. Vince sitting here with Nick. Hello, everybody. And Matt. Hello, everyone. We are back with a brand new show. Finally, I know it took a little while to get some shows out. We had some scheduling difficulties, people being sick, Nick. <clears throat> and, yeah, uh, hey, had a cold, failed my save. Yeah, he failed his constitution <laughs> check also. So Yeah, failed my con check. What can I say? Yeah, so things happen, life happens, but, you know, we're still here. Yeah. Uh, six years of doing shows, sometimes things happen, you know. Not yeah, we're knocking on doors six years, aren't we? Probably a little over that at this point, but, uh, I yeah. think so. <laughs> We're growing fine here. So we're going to jump right into things because people don't like us to deter or anything. Oh, I, one quick announcement. I am going to be running an online game again for an actual play podcast. Possibly in the next couple of weeks. I've already posted something up in the forums. Speaking of forums, uh, uh, yes, OSR Gaming is not owned by me anymore. It's owned by one of our forum elite, Andrew, uh, uh, taking the reins over on those forums the podcast will still remain on those forums per my request and his insistence. So they're not going anywhere. You can still go to OSR Gaming for your podcast news for anything Wild Games Productions. But anyway, that's enough about me because no one cares. Let's jump right. Yes. In. <laughs> Let's jump right into table matters this week. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world, I had to find one with table manners. What are you kidding me? I spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table Alright, so Table Mounds this week, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to focus a little bit on a classic creature, because I know people like the classic creatures in D&D, especially the staple of D&D called the Kobold. Uh, I know we've talked about it extensively a couple times here and there, touched about little things, but this week we're really going to sit down and just like dive into the Kobold and talk about some different ways to making him a little more dangerous, because you know, he's really kind of a dull creature if you just look at him in the book and they're kind of dumb and I know we always say you know just make him more powerful but we never really say how or different ways you can make him different I mean we've given our examples what we do but let's actually sit down and talk about how we can take a smaller creature like a kobold and make him into a you know a big foe now I'm gonna just jump to Nick real quick because he this is his idea here but Nick had a great example from the Dungeon Alphabet, which he has right in front of him, his big tome. Uh, yes. I'm going to refer to you, Nick, to continue. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, talking about, like, cobalts, and you can apply a lot of these ideas even to other low-level creatures, but let's let's see the, the quote-unquote lowly cobalt and how we can make them even really a, a, in an intelligent and crafty creature to even a high level adventuring party. And a lot of the inspiration has to come from dragon magazine. Now, if you get in your way back machine, go back to November of 87, there was a, there was an editorial mm-hmm. that started off that issue of dragon magazine. And it was simply titled Tucker's Cobalts. Ooh. And it was 
Roger E. Moore, he was talking about um, how you can make some low-level creatures. Not Roger Moore, the actor. Oh, but, okay. Sorry. Yeah, not Bond, James oh, okay. Bond. Okay. Okay. But uh, who was, I believe, the editor-in-chief of Dragon Magazine at that time. He was mm-hmm. talking about how you can make some of these low-level monsters, such as kobolds or goblins or whatever they may be, a little more daring, a little more intelligent, a little more crafty and conniving, and make them dangerous to a high-level adventuring party. And he drew on an example that he personally experienced was, I guess when he was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, he was in a campaign with a DM. His name was Tucker. And there was this um, dungeon where... If I can, I can uh, quote from here. Sure. It wasn't the 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 demons and the dragons that were the most feared creatures in it. It was these kobolds, which were nicknamed Tucker's kobolds. So and the, yeah, <laughs> he they were they were they were pretty much yawning at all these massive creatures like demons, but kobolds make them run for their lives. The the, the kobolds made them want the, they made them wet their armor and have to change it. What? Yes, because. Yeah, they were little nasty dudes. I mean, you're just like a cobalt's one to four hit points. Yeah, lawful evil. You know, they're they're horde creatures for the most part. But imagine tweaking that. Not only are they horde creatures, but they're smart. They set traps. They're they're real tricksy. Um, he said in the games I've I've seen the most worst, most horrible, most awful beyond comparison opponents ever were seen were often weaker than the characters who fought them. They were simply well-armed and intelligent beings who were played by the DM to be utterly ruthless and care and clever. And Tucker's kobolds were all like that. So he goes over when they were in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And I'm assuming, I guess, Roger Moore was in the Army at the time. Mm-hmm. And they, he was got up into this, um, into this campaign. Right. With this guy named Tucker, who was the DM, and they, he said that these kobolds like graduated from the magna cum laude school of Soren Institute for the criminally vicious. I mean, these things were bad. So they, when he joins up with the group, he was talking about how even the rest of the party were not eager to repeat the experience of getting because they're on level one. These kobolds are on level one, and they they're like. Let's try to get to the elevator to as level ten as possible, fast as possible. Hmm. <laughs> and you're, I could only imagine like you're afraid of kobolds, and we want to get to level ten where all the real big badness is. And they're, everybody's like, "No, you don't understand." <laughs> so he said it didn't work. They only got sixty feet into the dungeon. Uh, the kobolds barred the door behind them. They set the corridor on fire. And the head of the party yells, no, it's them, run. <laughs> so so um, the, the party scrambled down a side passage, ambushed by more kobolds firing light crossbows through murder holes in walls and ceilings. Oh, They're tossing Molotov cocktails at them, huge piles of flaming debris, and other kobolds ahead pushed in formation using long metal poles like broomsticks. So they're all like pushing them along into a corridor which has, you know, flaming oil, other flaming debris like maybe wood and and pitch and and straw, and 
the group leaders like crying out, Oh my God, we're doomed. And, uh, they were caught by more sniper fire by these guys. And it gets to the point where he was, they said they had a 12th level magic user in with us. We asked him to throw a spell at something and we all yelled, blast him. He goes, fireball him. Get those little blankers. (laughs) He's like, what in the narrow corridor? What you want? I should burn us all up instead of them. So they got, they got. Apparently, they got through. They lost all their hirelings. They lost all their henchmen. And, and they finally got. <laughs> yeah, they lost all their donkeys. Um, but it just shows you what a creature like a kobold, for example, mm-hmm. can be turned into a devious, nasty little monster because. Just how the DM can play him smartly, and I love that. I think that's a great way of taking a care a creature that at higher levels, like a tenth, eleventh, twelfth level, you level you're going to take kind of for granted. Yeah. And then with an evil DM, <laughs> because all of us DMs are evil. True. That's how you can make it into something really, really fun for you as a DM and a real, real horror session for your players. All right, I know so, before the show, yeah. Matt found that entire thing at Tucker'sCobolts.com, so we're going to add that yeah. link into our, our notes so you folks can just read what Nick was uh, paraphrasing there pretty much and quoting a little bit. Yeah. So you can see the entire article's there. It's really cool. It's not that long of a read, maybe just a page and a half, but it's cool to read the article, what happened exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some great inspiration. So, yeah, definitely give that a read if you can. Okay, so making creatures into something they're not. So, obviously, the kobold's a little bit of a weak creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would we make it into something more of uh, you know, a badass creature? So... We're going to go for our top three ideas here because we wrote down our own little ways to do it and we each have our own individual ways and you as a listener could just basically take whatever you want, mix and match. So mm-hmm. it's basically, how do you take a small creature like that and make them into a little bit more dangerous? Well, kobolds can hide in shadows and attack randomly. Make yep. the party kind of you know suspicious as they're walking down that small dark hallway. They don't have to just run up and attack and you know, be a stupid creature. They can... You know, maybe they, maybe the kobolds have little holes in the wall, and then everyone, the players walking, the players, sorry, characters are walking down the hallway, they'll stick their spear out and stab them in the foot, and then, you know, they're like, what's that? You know, the spear's gone. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's one idea. Another idea is the general approach, just a massive attack, just like as many as they possibly can right at the party. That's going to just make every one of the people in the party crap their pants. Yeah, because, no yeah, you're, like what we said at the beginning, they're horde creatures. Yeah. I mean, even in the Monster Manual, number appearing 40 to 400. I don't care what level you are as far as, you know, player or character, either first level fighter or a 10th level fighter. You got like three or 400 of these kobolds bearing down on you. Even at 10th level, you might have some good armor and stuff, but you know what? A few of those guys might get a lucky hit. Right. You well, know? As- Especially if you're in tight quarters of like a cavern and then they're Mm -hmm. coming in two different directions, 200 on one side, 200 on the other, and you're in the middle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And also, if you play them right, 40 can seem like 400 if they have the the right ways of sneaking around how Vince mentioned about them sticking out their spears and just poking them. 
what if it seemed like there was always a floor spike trap wherever right. the PCs were? Because underneath the floor is a tunnel system, and there's actually kobolds up there jamming spears up as they walk by. Oh, and yeah. it just moves wherever they are. Using the terrain and like the environment to their advantage. And that can apply to I, any. I was just thinking that. When you said environment, they're where they live. As a DM, you got to approach it as like creating these sorts of monsters like a kobold or a goblin or um, whatever, some sort of low-level monster. You have to approach it from their point of view, essentially, how you're going to make these guys really, really nasty. Yeah, and you have to remember this you're, is... They're defending their home, essentially. Depending on where they are, of course. Maybe they're not in their lair. They could be anywhere. But remember, this is first edition D&D. This is deadly D&D. And mm-hmm. not making fun of any other edition here or, you know, bashing or anything like that. But this is not fifth edition. This is not fourth edition. This is not third. Nothing is fair. This is not... You're right. PC fair gaming. It's first right. edition. I don't care. It's the GM versus the players. I don't care. Yeah. People can see. Sure, a GM can be or a D. Sorry, DM could be your friend in the game and help you out. Sure, but the purpose of the game is to throw reality type situations at them and make them holy crap and run. Right. And it <laughs> is a level playing ground kind of going on with this. Where yeah, a level playing ground in the in the fact that. Everything can be dangerous. Yes. Nothing's a little more dangerous than anything else per se. So everything, could, every situation could be a dangerous situation. Gary didn't and make this game. With a, if you tuckerize cobalts. Yeah, Gary didn't make this game saying, oh, well, the creatures are going to be fair. They're going to back off or they're going to run away. No, he made it so yeah. that when you turn the corner, you were like, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't have made well, that I, turn. <laughs> Well, well, I was like kind of going on what Matt said. It's like you're going into the Cobalt's environment. Oh, yeah. So like sticking with our premise of the Cobalt's, whatever part of the dungeon or the whole dungeon entirely, a whole level, that whole dungeon level or section is their home. Right. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't the Cobalt's know every single inch of that place and plan out every single oh, yeah. trap, oh, yeah. every single trick? Because yeah. they want to survive, too. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they don't want to die. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. So, right, and the and the traps they set, the trap may not be there to catch you and damage you and kill you. It may be set to lead you in a different direction yeah. to control yeah. where you're flowing. Mm-hmm. Because m- my three were use the terrain to their advantage. They're going to know every nook and cranny and exploit yep. it. They're also going to have tactics and control where you're fighting. If if you're trying to get to the elevator, they're going to try to corral you somewhere else and make it seem like a good idea to go there only mm-hmm. to damage you, to bring upon the massive destruction there. And then they would also have thoughts in trap design because swords and spears, yeah, they can do some damage. But what's going to do massive damage that they have easy access to? Like if they were in a cave, large rocks. Imagine like the Indiana Jones running from the boulder. Yeah. That could be mm-hmm. your party. But what if all of a sudden they're running and that boulder leads them down a path only to find another boulder running in the same direction that they're heading? And now they have a boulder on each side ready to smash them in the middle. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or what could be the most lethal thing to a party is a vat of oil above them and a kobold with a torch. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Yeah. Oh, and him gotta... just grinning down at the party. <laughs> right. Oh, you just see this lone kobold there standing with a torch at the end of the party, and the party just keeps advancing, advancing. Then the kobold up above them just tips over the pot of oil. They're drenched. There you go. Kobold throws the oil. He doesn't even have to hit. Just got to get close. Horseshoes and hand grenades. That's right. Boom. That's right. Instant immolation. There you go. Okay. Two kobolds wiped out, TPK'd an entire party with that. Yeah. Two. Little, yep. little bastards. And if that... um. I, I guess it, with my three would be wait, I'm, wait one, I, more, I, I, one more before you go, Nick. I know you're wanting yeah. to get them out. Let me get my last one out here. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, give them something different, as in just because they're kobolds, just doesn't mean they can only fight with this. They can bite, right? Obviously, they right. can scratch. Why can't they have a disease? Why can't they have poison? Why can't mm. they have you know special abilities because they're underground or something? Imagine, you know, oh, they did one point of damage, but now you have a disease. Rabid mm-hmm. kobolds. Rabid kobolds, yeah. perfect. There I mean, you go. What's more it dangerous why they that? attack. They just swarm you with reckless abandon. They're rabid. They got They're, rabies or, yeah. or leprosy or something yes. like that. Right. Nick, right over to you. What's your what's your three? Well, I guess kind of building on one of your things. Number one, play them smart. Right. You know. Just because they're monsters doesn't necessarily mean them mean they're dumb. Yes, their intelligence is listed average on the low end, but it's still average. That doesn't mean that they're dumb in that they cannot plan things out. Um, they just because their their intelligence is not necessarily a measurement of being conniving or sneaky. Mm-hmm. You could be a low intelligence creature and be sneaky and conniving and witty. You know, you can outwit your opponent, even if you're, I don't say outwit, but you could be devious and be a low intelligent creature. There you I go. Mean, we've seen that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take a whole lot of smarts to do something mean to somebody else. So yeah, play them quote unquote smart, you know, uh, play to, and also play to their advantages. They're small. They're horde creatures. Right. And for the most part, you're invading their environment. So they're going to know every inch of that place, wherever that may be, either in the whole dungeon complex or part of a whole dun- a part of a dungeon. And, and I guess the, the third thing I could think of is um, right. beat them up right. in some fashion, either – you know, like you said, like with uh, giving them, like maybe they're diseased in some fashion, or they can—they're using poisons, or maybe they've mutated in some way. Maybe they're a little bit bigger, yeah. or you know, is something else of that nature. You know, I mean, beef them up in a fashion to where it's—they're not just one to four hit point creatures. Maybe they got a little more hit dice. Yeah. Maybe they got an extra special attack. You never know. There you go, mm-hmm. cool. Matt. What are your top biggies to change them around a bit yeah i mean mine actually read like something out of like the art of war it's like use the terrain to their advantage maybe these kobolds in their cave know this one dead-end corridor that's where the yellow mold grows Uh uh-huh so let's kind of see if we can corral anyone that comes in there near all that mold there you go and let the and let the ter- let the environment take care of the dirty work for us, and all we have to do is mm-hmm. sweep up the bodies. Uh, also, no- they would know every nook, cranny, where they can hide, where they can sure. ambush, and have an escape route so you wouldn't know where they were or where they went. 
That's also- good. And escape route too. That is good. Right. That is good. But- didn't think of that. Right. And then also they would they would be when someone invades, they know what the plan is. They've drilled this. They know, okay, uh, adventurers coming down here, set this trap. That'll force them down this hallway. We're just kind of like Tucker's Cobalt. It was mm-hmm. a chain of events, and unless you can break that one of the links of that chain, your doom is coming. Yeah. Be- because a trap, like say they set up a poorly designed pit trap that the party knows – but this, they're not going to fall in it, and they're not going to get caught by it. But it'll mean eh, it's too much work going this route. Let's take this other route instead. That's uh-huh. the route we want you to go, and that's where you're going to die. And if you think about it, it even with, with the cobalt, I don't think they, they necessarily try to kill you right away. They're well, they going to you. They're gonna torture you. They're going to hurt you. They're, I mean, if you look at um, – in a mechanic sort of way, you know, they're going to do things that are like going to, they're going to chip away at hit points here and there on everybody. And I also get the impression that there's never going to be a break. They're going to be constantly at you, constantly at you. You're never going to get time to stop where that, you know, the, for the cleric to get cure you light wounds or cure serious wounds, or even giving enough time to quaff a healing potion. They're going to be constantly bombarding you with crap. Either it hurts you or it distracts you or it, 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 it confuses you in some way that you're going to be making mistakes. You're going to be getting hurt. And, and, and eventually those hit points are getting you know two here, four here, three here, however many. And next thing you know, oh, my gosh, I'm below half my hit points. <laughs> Or, yeah, I'm below half my hit points, and I failed my save versus poison, and, yeah, yeah, and I, my character fell asleep. Yeah, so it, I think that's how they would be almost like they would just chip at you, you know, what's, you know, death by a thousand cuts sort of right. thing. It'll be a battle of attrition, except they're not taking any losses because they're not yeah. exposing themselves because they know if we just go – one on one, mano a mano, in a sword fight, we're going to lose. That's or not the, that's not if the they are taking losses, it's so insignificant because again, they're horde creatures. It's horde controlled is- losses. They send yeah. out the Operation Human Shield to distract you long enough to set up the trap behind you that's going to kill you, and maybe give you a false sense of security and bravado and think you're winning. Right. Think of that. You send out the Suicide Cobalt Squad. You know. You send out like 20 of these little buggers. They all get decimated. Or a few of them are told, hey, when there's only like two of you guys left, run away this direction. Right. What do you think about it? What do you think a party would see there? They'd be like, oh, yeah, we got them on the run. (laughs) (laughs) Or or what? just imagine if, say, there was one kobold, his whole responsibility, if there was a battle, is yeah. not to fight, but to sneak around and start trying to steal gear and pouches. Oh, that's good. Oh, I like that. As you're distracted by these kobolds shooting arrows or sword fighting with you, another one's just going around picking your pockets. Now, yeah. You go to reach for that healing potion. It's not there. Not there. You go to reach for that <laughs> magic item. The, that it's scroll, gone. It's gone. You, my, you may not feel it. Right. You don't feel it now, 
You feel it down the road when you really uh-huh. need it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I could also see kobolds, like, since adventurers are prone to fireballing things, yeah. uh, maybe they would just have some barrels of oil lining the hallway. So, yeah, you can spark that. You're going to blow up with it, even if it doesn't look like it will. Or, or like or- in that Tucker's kobold example, they got him in a corridor where – the guy who's the magic user who knows there's going to be a backblast against us guys. Not a good idea. I I can also envisioning the the kobolds keep part of the corridor flooded just slightly so they're always walking in water, and uh-huh. then just it's like a lightning. And say they had like a wand of electricity. Oh wow! <laughs> lightning so, bolt them. Yeah, nice. yeah. Just a small little. It only has a few charges because that's all it needs. You uh-huh. walk through the puddle of water, and he zaps the puddle, not you. <laughs> and you're wearing that nice metal armor. Yeah. And now they have cooked fighter. Yes. Mm. Just little things like that. It that'll really get the player's attention. And my the final one that I had it was like there'd be a forethought in the traps and designs, and they're going. And the traps, it doesn't matter what you are. You will take damage. Yeah. So that way it can be like, oh, well, if they have really thick armor, this weapon won't work. Or if they have this spell up, it won't work. Dropping a large boulder on someone will pretty much finish off anyone no matter what. Much like lighting them on fire. Various other just kind of overkill. Yeah. Because they're going to make sure you're going to die and in a very brutal yeah. manner and laugh as you're dying. Oh, yeah. And I think they're going to do traps. They're going to, in a most humiliating way, if they can. Right. They're going to just not only, they're going to, they're going to add like psychological pain to your physical pain. Right. Just, just imagine a, you fall into a pit trap, but you take no damage from it because you fell into a bunch of spider webs. There's, and there's not even a spider there. You just fall into these thick webs. That's meant to hold you as they come and drop something from yeah. above you, like Wiley Coyote. Or the old tar and feather trick. Yes, they hit. They hit you with. They hit you with nice, warmer, hot tar from some murder holes. Then dump a whole bunch of of chicken feathers on you. Like, oh, great! Now we're tar and feather. Oh, really? Yeah. Then then there's like kobolds with uh, flaming arrows, and they shoot them at you. Right. What happens then? <laughs> right. You're tar and feather, but now you're on fire. Now the flaming chicken trick. There you go. Right. There's one y'all could take home with you, or or maybe the they flaming disco- chicken trick. <laughs> or or what if you notice oh, these kobolds? They have nothing but stone and wood weapons. Then uh, you realize they have a magnetic rock. So all your armor and weapons just goes flying to it. Oh, or or it's like a big like a big old lodestone, and they reveal yes. it. Y'all get push towards it and you can't move right oh, man i love and my flaming it, chicken trick that's great yes. <laughs> or even better as your party goes to attack these cold this kobold cave the guy yeah. with the, the flaming chicken runs out yes. from the previous party yes there you Just go a little he's, foreshadow he's screaming <laughs> on fire with with flames and burning feathers coming off of him and everybody's going, what the heck was that? <laughs> yes. So kind of the go along with this, some of the another inspiration that I found is there's a book that 
Goodman Games put out a while back, and you can still get it at their website. It's called The Dungeon Alphabet. Oh. It's a great little book. And they have they basically took the alphabet, went through A through Z, and applied it all through dungeon stuff. And letter K has to do with cobalts. And uh, they have a, a nice little one page here about cobalts. And, and there's a table in here. It's just a simple D10 roll on like 10 unique cobalt tribes. And basically you roll that up and you see what the tribe's about, your cobalts, and it's up to you as a DM how you can take that idea and mechanically put that into your cobalts, how you would tweak that out. So let's say, Vince, uh, if you don't have mm-hmm. a D10 handy, just pick a number of 1 through 10. Uh, 6. 6, okay. Uh, the cobalts survive as service personnel for the dungeon. They relay messages, perform custodial duties, repair and reset traps, and maintain the dungeon for the stronger monsters. They may even be hired by the adventurers as guides, torchbearers, or porters. So maybe you could take that, and there's a whole opposite way you could go with cobalts. You know, they're like the custodians of the dungeon, but doesn't mean they can't be tricksy. Well, let me pick one more. Um, Number seven. Seven. Through fortifications and superior numbers, the Cobalts have established a monopoly on some vital resources, fungus gardens, fresh water, etc. The Cobalts grow rich and well-supplied by selling and trading this resource to other intelligent dungeon creatures. Hmm. So they got to control on the natural resources. That puts them in a very unique position in the dungeon. Yeah. So maybe you would... You could take those cobalts and the actual kind of a role reversal thing. The cobalts are actually in charge of the dungeon, but orcs and other highly intelligent creatures are their minions. Hmm. And they're the ones who are doing all the dirty work. <laughs> that would be an interesting twist. Oh, yeah. Uh, how about you there, Matt? Pick a number, one through ten, or roll it. Two. Two. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, okay. The kobolds follow a strict warrior code similar to Bushido or chivalry. Oh. Ah. So maybe you can give them, like, bonuses to hit. Maybe with certain weapons. Maybe they have, like, mini katanas. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Or, or, you know, maybe they uh, have, they get special bonuses to hit or damage when they charge on their, um, since they're, like, Bushido or chivalry. Maybe they're trained almost like little kobold knights, Aww. and they ride on, like, I don't know, giant rat mounts into battle, Right, and they or, get a bonus or, to hit. <laughs> or, or perhaps they're more like the kamikaze pilots in which they know they're going in the battle that's going to bring their death, and they're just trying to take as many with them as possible. There you go. Maybe they get a bonus to damage or something like that, or they, they, get, they, or they, they have- get multiple attacks. Or they have the Movital cocktail strapped to them, and all they have to do is get near you and set it off. Oh, Oh, even better. I love that. Oh, that's that's good. Exploding cobalts. That's almost like my exploding hobgoblins back in my Hackmaster game back in the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes, exploding cobalts. That's good. (laughs) Got flaming. (laughs) I could just picture these little cobalts with huge bottles of oil with the wick coming out of it. And they light them, and they're just running towards the party. <laughs> and this look on the party's face, like, what the heck? 
and it's just wave after yeah. wave after <laughs> wave. And you have a combination of flaming oil. There's guys running in there with, you know, with flaming pitch, and they're dropping coals maybe and, and, and wood from murder holes. Oh, that's just nasty. I love it. All right. The first thing that happens is a bale of straw falls from above and hits the party for no damage. And everybody's like, what's this? <laughs> and then you have this kobold <laughs> with a Movadog cocktail strapped to his back running at them. Yeah. Well, just to kind of get everybody to get this dungeon alphabet book, you get it at Goodman mm-hmm. Games. And uh, I think it's they got a, a couple of versions of it. Do we have an Amazon price on that? Because I know our fo- a lot of our folks like to jump on Amazon. Um. Maybe Amazon Matt, price, I'm not sure, but on... Matt, you can uh, try Googling that for us, maybe? Or? Yeah. But I know on their website, it's nineteen ninety five. No, that's not a bad price for... No, uh, 64 pages, and it's not just kobolds. It's like A through Z of great D&D dungeon inspiration. And one of the biggest selling points is the artwork is really good. You got is stuff by like yes. Errol Otis. Nick, can you get it for a PDF also, drive through? Um, I would think so, right? I think you can. Yeah, there's actually two a- versions of it. Oh, okay. There's the Dungeon Alphabet with, from 2009. Uh, that's on that's, Amazon, like nine ninety nine. That's the one I got. Not and then bad. there's the ex- Dungeon Alphabet Expanded from oh. 2012. That's uh, the uh, hardcover for twenty dollars plus. Yeah, shipping. I got the nine ninety nine one. That's the smaller. That's the smaller one. Yeah, mine's only 40. Oh, this one's 64. I'm going to have to get the new one. Uh-oh. There you go. I'm going to have to get the newer one. <laughs> All right, cool. So we gave you something to chew on, how to make the creatures a little bit you know, more of a, you know, a badass creature there for you. Uh, let's just head right into our next segment. Zach Glazer, head of Lesser Known Games here. In November, we will be running a charity game using our newest box set, Death and Taxes, to support the Extra Life Foundation to benefit Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. <coughs> um, you can support this effort by going to extralife.org and making a pledge in the name of Robert Glazer or going to lesserknown.com slash children. Robert Glazer? No wonders you go by Zach. Listen, let me show you how to do this. I cast charitable contributions. You will now go to extralife.org or lesserknown.com and make a generous donation to help children's hospitals. You can even write it off both your death and taxes. See what I but, did there? But Don't interrupt me. And my Saber Die Podcast Minions will have a nice pledge link right on the webpage of this very episode to make that easy. Ah, that's great. Dopus, thanks. Don't mention it, Robert. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long gorilla? Creature feature theater. And now we're going to take some of the concepts that we had talked about and really apply them to the kobold and the creature feature. Your basic kobold, it's that horde creature. It's like your goblins. I mean, in the monster manual, it says you'll see 40 to 400, and that's what's supposed to make them scary. There's just waves and waves of them. There are only one to four hit points. So at that point, even a mage, first-level magic user with a dagger can one-shot kill them, theoretically. So they're not going to be these massive warriors if you use 
that's going to stand toe to toe in that honorable battle. No, no, they are meant to be sneaky. They're meant to be tricky. They have infravision. They can, they also dislike bright light. So that is something to keep in mind because they love hiding in the shadows. That is their home. And as you get more organized kobolds, that's when you'll also have larger leaders and guards that have a little more hit points. But, and then according to the book, it's like they use short swords and spears and javelins, axes or a spiked wooden club, just simple weapons. Mm -hmm. But, and they also bask on the killing and torture, which is something when you want to make them really fearful to you, and a frightening foe, you want to have them bask in that torture, have them cackling over the corpses of their foes. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes just having the players walk into a subterranean area and then you just see the bodies is the first thing you see. Yep. They'll be like, oh, no, something really bad is here. And then they see a kobold and they start laughing. And then next thing you know, similar to Monty Python and the Holy Grail's rabbit. Yes. They start running in terror and wetting themselves. So with this, th- there's just so much. I mean, you could take it a couple routes. You could always more stats, uh, bigger weapons, like the big mighty. There's like the big bad chieftain kobold who's actually built more like an orc, but he is a the giant kobold of doom. And that's the one who's super intelligent and leading them all. And th- he set up this intricate work of traps and plans and strategies. And he's like the head general that organized all these feeble creatures. And we're trying to bring them to something great. Also with the kobolds who says that their weapons just have to be the basic weapons. Maybe they they've killed enough people. Their weapons are actually magical. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not give them like a magic sword or spear and not just a simple plus one, something that has like a, a bad side effect, one that maybe breaks you out into a rash so you're itching a lot. So therefore you can't fight quite as well to weaken you up for the next attack of some that'll like tie you down even more. So then they can actually just torture you and lop off your head at their own convenience as opposed to having it on being on like a, a time frame. Perhaps they even have prisoners that they just been torturing over time. I mean, there's just a lot that can be done when you want to make these vicious. You, they need to be sadistic. They, if you want to scare your party, they need to be anything you can think of from a nightmare. They need to bring it and then some. And I, you know what? Reading through the um, description of the kobold, I think one thing that we forget about them is in the description, it is probable 65% of the time that they – will have two to five wild boars or one to four giant weasels in their lair that serve as guards. Now, True. reading through the descriptions of the wild boar and the weasel, yeah, that'll make you a little bit scared of them now because the wild boar is a three-plus hit dice creature, and each, each attack it does is three to 12 damage, mm. and... Here's what's nasty about the wild boar. They will fight for two to five melee rounds after reaching zero, the negative six hit points, but dies immediately at nev- 
So they will go to negative hit points and still attack you yeah. <laughs> for the wild boar. And imagine and you're, these, you're a party of level ones running after and finding that there. Yeah, you got like three of these wild boars and they're bearing down on you being there and they're being like herded towards you by the kobolds. And on top of that, there might be giant weasels as well. Right. And maybe and the giant used- weasels, they're three plus hit dice creatures. Right. And they attack by draining blood from you. Two to the 12 hit points around once they hit. I'm so. now envisioning on the players just walking in on like some poor soul that's just having the weasels feast upon their blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the, from the previous party that tried to deal with these kobolds. And that's yeah. the first sight you see. And then the weasels attack, but not to try to keep you out, but to force you into a certain direction to push you down into a trap where the, the rest of the weasel lair is. <laughs> right. So I, can, I could, I could almost envision like even the regular cobalts just playing them smart, not just the, for them to protect your air, but lair, but maybe use them for an, an attack. Maybe part of their, well, I guess maybe part of their defensive posture is they incorporate either the wild boars and or weasels into their defensive structure by, you know, sending them out, and weakening the party, or maybe that's the way they finally take down the party at the very end. It's they send in with the wild boars and weasels against you, right? Instead of unleash the hounds, it's unleash the boars. The we- yeah, unleash the boars, unleash the weasels. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, even in the regular description, there's so many different ways that we forget. Like, oh, they're just cobalts. You can make them even nasty just by you know. My reindeer, what they have available to them, you know, but um, the kind of build upon this, like we were talking about the regular cobalt, but I got to have an example of a cobalt that is been tweaked, I would say, almost to the max. And this is something my friend Jeff and I worked on um, for our, our Nether Deep campaign, and it's called the Deep Cobalt. Oh, Yes. They are also known as Shadow Fiendlings, King Cobalds, the Greater Cobalt, or the Black Cobalt, or the Dark Cobalt. They have they go by different names, but they look like their cousins, uh, the regular Cobalts, but their eyes are luminescent pale violet, and their horns are like a glossy black. They have a thicker hide, and it varies from like a maroon to a dark purple, or to a bright purple. Uh, they have splayed hands, almost like... Uh, like a subterranean lizard and that allows them to move on all fours or on any solid surface. Um, they are about a foot taller than their smaller uh, cousins and they relish in their superiority to them. Um, now here's where this all kind of plays in. They like to hide along the ceilings and the walls of a passage because they could basically climb like a spider they got a 65% chance hide in shadows and move silently 50% as a thief. And once per day, they can blend their body temperature, make them invisible to infravision to their background surroundings. They employ blowguns. They, uh, that employs a, uh, it's a poison that is like a strong intoxicant. That's would be equivalent to like drinking about like 10 shots of whiskey. And, um, there's some other things uh, they have encountered outside their leather. Every five deep cobalts, there'll be a fighter of third level. Oh, um, 
I got a whole write-up on these guys. They're we, very uh, nasty. Can you make that into a document so we can post? That Absolutely. Up? All right. Perfect. Yeah, I could. We could put that. I got the document right here. Um, but uh, basic. Can we they, throw they're on like three-hit dice creatures, hmm. and they're nasty. How can we incorporate that into the notes, Matt? Uh, with that, uh, we could probably throw it up as an attachment that they can download, or I can just take the text and put it in the notes. It's probably too long to just put in the notes. So yeah, yeah, I can just make it a PDF attachment that they can download. Yeah, That's it's just a like a, it's just a little Word document. Okay, yeah, I can just make it a Word document download. Not a problem. Yeah, it's like maybe a little over a page. All right, yeah. So go to the website uh, for the show for the download. Matt will have it in there as an attachment on our website. You can download and enjoy. Cool. Oh yeah, you could really tweak this guy out for D and D and have a. Yeah, he's a nasty little guy. This is like their bigger, 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 bigger brother. <laughs> so that's a great idea. All right, cool. Let's head into uh, our last segment of the night: the treasure chest. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. That's right, $1.50 a month goes a long way. Thank you. opened the treasure chest you may choose an item for the treasure chest tonight uh i'm going to talk about a, a custom weapon that i i uh, made up for one of my campaigns here i used it a little while back i don't remember where i found it it was based off of some cold blades i think it was called or black blades or black ice blades but mine are called crystal mountain blades they're two short swords together so you have to use them in unison uh they give you pl- each blade is plus two to hit uh, and while you're holding these two two blades, you get a um, plus two to save versus cold while you hold them. The blades themselves are look to be made of a crystal-like substance. The handles are wrapped in black leather. And uh, from a DM point of view, they're almost unbreakable. So um, if, you're, if you're in your campaign using these and you come up to that roll of one or something that's going to break a blade, it's not going to break. I'm going to say for a DM point of view... There's only a 10% chance this blade's going to break. If it does break, it shatters instantly into like a million pieces. There's no way of recovering this once this shatters. Once this does shatter, the player, the player, I keep saying the player, the character is instantly going to feel this sorrow, this like this void in their heart, this cold, icy pain that's going to last a week inside game. Now, a little bit of background about this weapon. I didn't go to much detail, except it's a very rare weapon. It's said to be forged in the high mountains of Greyhawk in the Crystal Mist Mountains. Mm. So, there you can take that background and, and, and goose it up however you want. Use it in your cane campaign however, however you want. Nick, you have any comments about this weapon? Or I just love that it's tied to the world of Greyhawk camp- yeah. fantasy mm. campaign. It's so cool that way. Well, yeah, that's what we're, we're. That's our default world. That's what we're all yeah. about. So, yeah, I, I also enjoy the lasting effect of once it breaks that melancholy and sadness. Because too often, yeah. when a magic item breaks, it's just like, oh, we need to go find a new one. No, this is like, meh. <laughs> especially if you can somehow hint in the background that if this breaks, terrible things will fall upon you. So at that point, 
maybe they get a little more iffy about using it and saving it only for in those great times of need because they don't want to risk it breaking. Give Have that with great power also comes with that great uh, risk. I, I, I enjoy that. responsibility. Well, with this, it's risk okay. because ter- good can happen or that terrible things. It's kind of like the deck of many things but not as insane. Yeah. It could be good. It could be bad. I enjoy that, and I, I because I think that gives players an interesting choice of when to use this. So it's like we know we have it. We know we can get out of this situation, but is it worth the risk? Is there another way? It makes them think. And since it's a, a rare item, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, again, it's your campaign, so you do what you want. If you want all your players to run around with these blades, that's fine with me. But. I would say that if one player gets these things, it'd be like, whoa, like a lucky thing in the campaign. This could be even be a questing item if you want. Now, did you say that also that when you hit with these, they, they, the, the, uh, the one who gets attacked gets cold damage too? No, 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 no. You only get a plus two to hit, and while you're holding it, you get a plus two to save versus cold. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. So it's 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 kind of a rare item, and uh, it, it's you can do whatever you want with it from there. But uh, I'm gonna put the notes in the chat here for you, Matt, so you can attach it. Yes. To I got one more thing to add to there. Right. The value, the XP value, five thousand. The value of the weapon is has been estimated at ten thousand gold pieces. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a rare item. Uh, it's only been shown up maybe a couple times here and there in the black market, so it's up to you how you want to play this in your game. Uh, it'd be great if I can figure out how to draw them, but I don't know how to draw worth crap, so. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, I could also even see having pit needing the shards of the sword once it's been broken. Have that be the quest. You need to get the shards for some other use. You may not be able to reforge the sword, but perhaps they still have magic in them that can be harnessed. Well, I could see it being some type of component for another spell, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah, spell component, or perhaps you can craft some other artifact using the uh, pieces of it. Much like if Excalibur broke into two. And you've, you may not be able to reforge it, but you have two parts of Excalibur. You should be able to do something with that. Sure. Use it like chopsticks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you start using them as little shivs that aren't quite as effective. <laughs> like a prison shiv? Yeah, what? I know, really, Matt. Come on. Yeah. Matt's reaching on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's going to wrap up the show this week. I um, just want to drop one last note in here, uh, email-based, because I just found something here that I wanted to bring up. Um. Everyone, are you guys familiar with Mavfire, the artist? He does a lot of work. He's been in a couple forums in Dragon's Foot and uh, Night. I think he's in Night's Ale House, but Mavfire.blogspot.com. He drew up a little picture of. Uh, remember when he did the Book of Sorrows campaign online? And yeah. I yes. The pumpkin-headed satyrs. Yes. <laughs> he he actually drew a picture of that for me for Halloween, uh, and he wanted me to. Uh, uh, talk about it real quick. I'm going to drop it into the chat yeah, here. Yep. It's up there for I, you guys. You see it there? Yes, I see it. <laughs> that is awesome. If you could just throw that into the oh, that's great. Into the notes as one of the secondary pictures, Matt, and then put his information here. I'll grab it for you. That's yeah. uh, 
That's some really good work. Oh, he's a yeah. great, great artist. I mean, you you want artwork? Talk to that. Talk to him. I mean, he wow. fair rates and everything. He's got uh, mavfire.deviantart.com and mavfire.blogspot.com. Go ahead and check out his artwork. He he does great artwork. I mean, great artwork. So uh, don't forget, uh, give us a ring. Give us a call, 865-4210 hotline. I'm sorry, 570-865-4210 and rfistaff at gmail.com. Hit us up on facebook.com or on our website, rfipodcast.com to send in your uh, email for sage advice. We do have quite a bit of emails to go over. I'm going to save that for another show because uh, there's just way too many to do to take up time here. I don't want to... Uh, I know people hate like just bogging down shows with emails, so we'll just do like a specific email mailbag. That way people could see that and go, meh, if they don't care about the mailbag and just wait for the regular show. So I know people like Eric Tankar who can't stand that, so... <laughs> and yes, I say it all the time because he always goes rah when he hears the email show. He listens, but he always goes ah. <laughs> now his problem with most of the shows, and I'm not talking about ours in particular or anyone in particular, is just that most people will read the email and say today and read it word for word for word. And it's just like, dude, paraphrase the email because that's what we mostly do. We just paraphrase the emails to a certain point, not changing people's words, but you know, that's what people. They don't want to hear word for word, so right, particularly on a lengthy one. Yeah, especially you know, seven paragraph long email. But yes. All right, so we'll be back on the show real soon. So keep it original, keep it old school, and good night, everybody. Good night. Bye, everybody. Initiative Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative. Thank you.